Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Awesome, guys. Man, what a just an amazing day that we have gotten to have today. And it's just getting get better today. Hey, I want to tell you about a new series that we're going to be starting next week. Everybody say, for the win. For the win. Come on, say it like you mean it. There you go. There you go. Um, and, and I'm so excited about this because I believe that one of the number one things that you are wanting to know is how do I actually win in relationships? Right? Like, and not just like dating relationships, but like in your relationships with your friends, in your relationships with your spouse, in your relationships with your kids, in your marriage, in all of those different types of things, even your relationship with money. How do I actually win with my relationships? And so this is what we're going to be breaking down over the next couple of weeks is everybody in here, your most, one of the most important assets that you have in your life is each other. And so how do I know how to win? Some of you don't even know how to win in your marriage. Some of you don't even know how to win in your friendships when it comes to the things of God and how you win in a godly relationship, in a a relationship where the Lord wants to bless and all those other things. And so I am so excited. It's going to be an incredible series to bring some people to because we all know some people that need to win in relationships. I know I do. And so I'm going to get so much out of this series as well too. But I just want to put that on your brain as we begin to start and think of somebody to invite because God is going to use that series in some amazing ways, right? Come on, clap for that. That's good. We're going to end this sermon series called Fresh today. And, and, and I just thought, what an amazing way to end it. And our mission statement here at the church is awakening people to fresh life in Jesus. I love that. And so how do we actually live out a fresh life? How do we actually live out a fresh life? Well, I've been going through the book of Psalms in the month of January, and it has awakened so many things. And so that's why you may see short white men up here jumping down and, and, and just praising God as hard as he can. Because as I read the Psalms, I hear, I will shout to the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will sing to the Lord with all that is within me, not just a little bit. And and I would encourage you, read the whole entire book of Psalms in one month. It will change your life. It's about five chapters a day, five to six chapters a day. And some of the Psalms are short, right? And some of them are long, except for like one. Uh, Or I mean, one is like really long. But um, a lot of them are short. And and, and so I promise it will change your life. It will awaken something within you. There's a version plan on it. If you want to know, come up to me. I'll give it to you. But in Psalms 146, there's 150 Psalms in the Bible. And I got to Psalms 146 this year or th- this week, and I was planning on preaching something else. And then all of a sudden on Wednesday, God's like, nope, you preach that. I'm like, all right, it's your church. Come on, God, let's go. So I, I want you to turn in the Bible to Psalms chapter 146. If you have a Bible, if not, it's going to be here up on the screen. Get out your iWatch, your iPhone, your iSocks, whatever I thing that you have. 
Psalms 146. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. For he is the maker of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. God, I pray today that you would speak through this word. That you would speak through your scripture, God. And God, I pray that we would have ears to hear and that we would have a heart to receive, and that we would have feet that would move toward the things that you want us to move toward after this message today, God. And God, we love you, and we thank you for what you're going to do today in your name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I love that the psalmist starts out, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. You know what he's doing here? He's encouraging himself. Like he got up. I imagine maybe he got up in the morning and he, maybe he had a bad day. And he was just like, no, 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 no. Praise the Lord. I'm here. Praise the Lord, my soul. I know that there's some stuff stirred in my soul that I don't even like, but I'm going to praise the Lord anyways. I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to God as long as I live. See, sometimes you got to get up in the morning. you got to encourage yourself. That's what he's doing here. See, sometimes you got to get up in the morning and you go, despite my circumstance, I will praise the Lord today. Despite what I see in my bank account, I will praise the Lord today. Despite that somebody just left me, my friend just backstabbed me, whatever it is, I will praise the Lord today. I'm going to encourage myself, and I'm going to speak some declarations over my life. That's what David was doing in this moment, amen? I believe that. There's some declarations that I get up in the morning, and I begin to say over my life. I begin to look in the mirror, and I go, I'm a son. I'm going to encourage myself today in the Lord. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to say, I will praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, my soul, I will praise the Lord. What are the things I'm going to say about me? What are the confessions that I'm going to make right in the first thing in the morning? I'm a son. I, I, I say, I will walk with favor and with God and with men today. That's what I say. I try to say that every morning. God, I will walk in your favor, and I'm going to have your favor on my life with not only you, but with men and women that I meet today. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I look in the mirror and I say, I am loved deeply. I am loved completely. This is a morning confession. I'm doing the same thing that David did. You read his Psalms. He's like encouraging himself in the Lord all the time. Sometimes you got to speak some confessions over yourself that maybe you don't believe. But then by the end of the, the time that you speak those things, you're walking a little bit more upright. You're walking a little bit more confident. Not in you because you know who you are, but in the Lord. I will say over my life, I'm anointed, and, and I'm going to do tasks for good works today. I, I will say, I will praise God for all he has done and will do in my life today. 
So I want to encourage you tomorrow morning uh, and then even after here today, go home and start making a list of some confessions that you need to say over your life. Some confessions that you need to get up in the morning and completely just soak in and look in the mirror and say that and then after you put that uh, you, you say those confessions out loud you go and you say hey Siri play my pump up list today because I'm about to do something for Jesus come on seriously I've got them you can ask my wife I play them very loudly in the morning I'm like no I'm gonna praise today I'm gonna be like the psalmist David and I'm gonna play this playlist over my life and we're gonna go do something for Jesus today I will praise the Lord all of my life I will sing to praise I will sing praise to my God as long as I live I love that he says that he will praise all of his life which means I will praise in all times of my life not just the good days not just even the bad days, but every single day, no matter my situation, I will praise. You know, that's what the world is looking at in your life. How are you praising God in all situations, not just the good? It's easy just to come in here and be like, my life is wonderful, look at me. I'm a fake plastic Barbie doll Christian, and I'm going to praise Jesus today. But then when the crap hits the fan, how do you walk in here? How do you praise How do you choose to praise? I love this. Some of these psalms that David wrote were not in the good times. They were when he was hiding out from King Saul, the most powerful man in the planet on that day, and he was trying to kill him, and he was hiding from everybody. It says, everybody hates me. Everybody wants me dead, but yet I will still praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Come on, church. Is that you? See, that's the life that I want. How I'm going going to praise him to choose to live a life of praise. I believe that a fresh life is one that is accompanied by a life of praise, not just a moment of praise. Come on. Anybody can have a moment of praise, but how do you have a life of praise? Let me say that again. Anybody can have a moment of praise, but how do you live a life? of praise because I believe the person that has found the fresh life in Jesus his life her life will be accompanied by praise in all things because they believe the word of God that in all things he will bring good for those that love him can somebody say amen they know this do not put your trust in princes In human beings who cannot save, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Let me ask you a question. Within whom is your trust today? Within whom is your trust? Is it in a spouse? Is it in a son? Is it in a daughter? Is it in a job? Is it in a boss? Is it in a mentor? Is it in a position? Is it in whatever else that I could get up here and name today? Or is your trust in the Lord? Because this is the first thing that I like to tell um, uh, people that are getting ready to get married. I have them look at each other in the eye when they come for premarital counseling. I'm like, you look at her. You look at him. Um, Y'all love each other. It's awesome. But guess what? You're just a guy. She's just a girl. Really. Y'all two are about to get married. He's just a guy. You're just a girl. And you're flawed very badly. 
you both have issues. And they're a parent. And so if you're trying to get your perfect love from him, and you're trying to get your perfect love from her, then y'all are going to be falling over and 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 over again because you cannot love each other perfectly. You, 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 some people come into my office and they're just hurt and they're doing this and this and this, and I'm just sitting there going, that's because you got your trust in somebody that is going to fail you. Hello? Do you not know that? You're putting your trust in the one who can really help you and the one that you can really place your hope in, and there's only one, and his name is Jesus. Can somebody clap for that? Come on. His name is God. That's where your hope comes from. That's where your hope goes in, and you go all in with that relationship, and then guess what? You can actually start to love your friend and your spouse and your kids and all these things better because you realize that they're human. You realize that you can't get perfect love from them, and then your relationships get better. Woo! What a concept. Because you have your hope. You know where your help comes from, and it's not from these human beings who David, the psalmist, written, he writes this. He's like, those people are going to be dead tomorrow, eventually, and then what's going to be left? Who's my hope going to be in then? Where am I going to get my help then? Come on. It says, blessed are those who help, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is your hope. He says that your life will be blessed if you live from that position. And then here's something else that the psalmist does here. It's really, it's really awesome. He begins to tell us why you can place your help or all your hope in God. He begins to tell us why you can get all of your help from God. Because he then begins to go and gives us descriptors of who God really is. And this is what jumped out the page for me. I was reading this psalm. I was just kind of had my headphones in. I was kind of reading it. And then I read it again. And then, and then it's like God, God's like, no, go deeper, Josh. Go deeper. Like, look there. There's something for you and there's something for your church there. I want to build up some people's lives this Sunday. And, so, and then I begin to just read through it. And I was like, oh, he is maker. Circle. He is. Uh, he, 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 he is sustained. Circle. He remains. Circle. He is. He is all of these things. And I was like, Oh wow! This is why I put my help uh, in, in, in. Get all my help from God. This is why I get all of my hope. I put all of my hope in God because this is who God is. See, if you're gonna put all of your hope in something, if you're gonna put uh, get all of your help from someone, you better know who that someone really is. See, that's why some of you have not decided to get all of your hope, to put all of your hope in God, to, to, to go, he is going to be my help in all situations because you don't really know who he is. And if you don't really know who he is, you won't go all in. So this is why this is important. The Bible says in verse 6, he is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains forever faithful. So the first thing, write this down. This is who God is. The first thing David says is he is maker. He is maker. Let me tell you something. God is constantly making. Go out. See the stars. Why does space exist? Because God is a God that makes things. Why do babies exist? 
God is making things. And so you've got to know that even though you may not see what God is currently making in your life, he is a maker for you. A year ago, last February, I didn't see God making Fresh Church. But now I'm in it, and I'm like, man, this is one of the best things you have ever made in my life, that you have ever brought in my life. This is absolutely amazing. The lives that are going to be built in this place, the lives that are going to be changed in this place, the people that are going to get baptized today, you are making something in their life. And it's absolutely awesome, and I want to be a part of it, and I'm all in. But I didn't see what he was making. Some of you are so mad at God because you're in a situation, and he's going, shh. You don't even know what I'm about to bring. You don't even know what I'm making. Trust me. Put all your hope in me because I am a God that is constantly making things that you cannot see. So put your hope in me. The the second thing that he says in there is that he is the, the maker of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. And he remains forever faithful. So God said, circle that. I remain. I remain forever faithful. He is a God that will remain forever faithful. He is faithful when we are faithless. He is faithful when we are faithless. He was faithful when you were all up in the club last night. He was faithful when you were losing your mind in grief and in depression and in anxiety. He was still faithful to you in that moment. He is faithful when you lost that child. He was faithful when that person left you. God was remaining faithful when you forgot about his ways, turned your back on him, and started living like the prodigal in Las Vegas. Can I get an amen, somebody? He was still faithful to you even then. He was still faithful to you even when you were the prodigal. Because God remains faithful. He is not like us. See, you and I, we are not faithful. We will turn on each other. We will say, oh, man, I love you. I'm with you. And then the next day you're not. So that's why we got to lean into God and become a person that will remain faithful. Show humanity. I believe that one of the things that we as a body of Christ need to embrace again is loyalty. That we can remain faithful in some relationships. That we can remain faithful. That we can remain faithful in a marriage. That we can remain faithful in a friendship. That we need to get that from God and go, he is forever faithful to me. And so I'm going to be faithful to the ones that I say that I love. I'm going to remain faithful. But I'm going to walk in his faithfulness even when I am unfaithful. He is a God that remains faithful. We place all of our hope in him. We get all of our help from him because he remains faithful. In verse 7, it says, he upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. I love that. He upholds. We have a God that will uphold your cause. Write that down. I have a God that will withhold my 
cause? What is your cause in here today? What is your cause that you're living for? Then go take it to God and say, will you uphold it? Because I don't feel like anybody else is upholding it right now. I need you to uphold this cause in my life. But not only will he uphold your cause, but he will uphold the cause of the oppressed, it says. Love that. Because there's always times when people feel oppressed, right? There's always times in my life where I feel oppressed. And if that's you, then you need to turn to God because he will uphold you when you feel oppressed. When you feel oppressed by your family. When you feel oppressed by your finances, when you feel oppressed by your spouse, when you feel oppressed by a friend, when you feel oppressed by anxiety, when you feel oppressed by your fear, you need to go to God and say, God, I'm feeling oppressed right now by every single person on the face of the planet. You read the Psalms, David's like, I'm oppressed, God, and I need your help right now. Every time God comes to him and he says, I see you in your cause. I see your cause. And even while you are oppressed, I will uphold you, son. I will uphold you, daughter. Because I see you in your oppression. You may think he doesn't see you. He sees you in your oppression. And if you go to him, he will uphold you through your oppression. Amen? He will uphold you through you're feeling oppressed. But then that verse says he gives. Come on, touch somebody and say he gives. Touch somebody else, say he gives. In an appropriate place, please. Touch somebody. Turn somebody and say he gives. Come on. Watch this. God gives. God gives. Now y'all don't get it. God gives. Come on, y'all ready? Say it one more time. God gives. No, God gives. God gives to you. Do you, uh, does that not blow your mind? How in the heck does the Lord Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth and the seas and everything in it, give to me? Come on, church. Am I just the only one excited about that? He gives. God is a God that gives to you. He is not a God that takes from you. If you believe that, then you have your whole entire world about God wrong. Because he is the giver of all good things. He is the giver of life. God gives to us. What a God. But he's not there to take. He gives. He gives. He says he gives food to the hungry. And I love this because some people are like, yeah, I'm hungry. I need some physical food right now. I need some barbecue. I need some chicken wings at the Super Bowl party. Whatever it is, I need some food. And he's like, no, y'all don't get it. He's not talking just about food, physical food. Like some of y'all were fasting last week, and you experienced the spiritual food. 
that he gives. That he will sustain you. He will feed the hungry. See, some of us are hungry for love. And that's why we're looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love. Just looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm hungry for love. Give me love, love, love. I need love, love, love to ease my mind. Right? Come on. And, and, and you know where you need to go to feast on love? But Jesus like, you hungry for love? Come on, I'll give you some loving right here. Run to my arms. Run to my Father God. And then when you start getting your love from me, then you can actually love the person that you want to love. But until then, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. He says, you hungry? Wait, wait, you're hungry because you want to be seen and acknowledged? Run to me. I, 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 I knew you before you were ever even formed in the womb, the Bible says. I know every single hair on your head. I am your Lord. I am God Almighty. I created you, and I have been watching you from the moment that your mama didn't even see you on that screen. I saw you. I will acknowledge you. Where are you looking to be acknowledged from? Because all the people that you want acknowledgement from, you're never going to find the acceptance that you're looking for looking at it this way. You will find the acceptance and the acknowledgement that you are looking for when you seek it this way. Do you see that? I've got to get it vertically. I've got to get it vertically because it don't matter what's happening horizontally. I've got to get it vertically. I've got to be hungry for the vertical, for the vertical word that he says about me, not the horizontal word. Church, you getting this? God gives food to the hungry. He will always feed me, so I place my hope in him. And then he says, the Lord sets prisoners free. Woo! I love that word, he sets. I just got to thinking about that because it's just like, man, I, I just started thinking about my life. And I'm going, man, God's setting things into motion right now that I have no clue. Just like he is a making God, he is a setting God. He's setting things into motion in your life. But this is what I love about this, this verse. It says that not only does he set things into motion, but he is setting prisoners free. So I want to put my hope in somebody that can get to the areas in my heart that have been locked away because of pain and regret and bitterness and hurt and say, I'm going to put my hope in you. I'm going to get my help from you and my life will be blessed because the prison that I am allowing my heart to live in, you are going to take the key and unlock it and set me free from bitterness, set me free from hate, set me free from all of the hurt that somebody caused me and you are a God that sets the prisoner free. Some of you walked in this morning and you're living in a prison of shame. You need to put your hope in the one that can set you free of that shame. Some of you walked in this morning and you're in a prison of your last mistake. God says, I've seen your last mistake and I still love you. 
You are not that mistake. See, some of you are walked in here in a prison of a label that a parent spoke over you, that a teacher spoke over to you, that someone spoke over you, and you've been walking in that label ever since. And God is here today to tell you that he wants to set you free from that label. Don't walk in the prison of a label that somebody spoke over you. You walk in the freedom of the label that God has spoken over you. Come on. You walk in the freedom of the label that God has spoken over you, and you say, that's my label. That's what I live in. That's my, that is my identity. I have been set free from your label, so it don't matter when you see somebody at Thanksgiving, because guess what? The label that God has spoken over you is better than the label that your sister spoke over you. Can somebody stand up and say amen? Come on. Because it's true. It's freedom. And you walk in that. You walk in that label. You don't walk in anybody else's. Because God wants to set you free from that prison. And he sets you free. And you put your hope in him. And then, get this, it says, the Lord gives. God gives. Come on, church, you get this? God gives. God gives. He's a giving God. I love that the psalmist used that twice. You know why? Because we are so quick to forget what he just gave us. Woo! So he's like, i got to put that in there twice. I've got to put in there twice that God gives. It's the only saying about God that the psalmist puts in there twice. Because you got to get up in the morning. you got to go, oh, he gives. I remember when he gave me that. But then life happens, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoa, 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 I don't know. God is just a taker. No. God gives. He says, he gives, the Lord gives sight to the blind. Ooh. Can I tell you, if you don't know Jesus, you're blind. If you think you know Jesus, but you've just been attending church, and you've been doing a lot of religious stuff, but you don't really know Jesus, you're blind. You're blind. And God, Jesus... The psalmist is reminding us here that he is a God that gives sight to the blind. I don't want to be blind to God's love. I don't want to be blind to relationships that I could really have that are meaningful and purposeful, but I'm just using people. I'm I'm not just to to get me somewhere where I think they're going to take me or a relationship, and it's about me, me, me. And God says, you're blind in that relationship. I don't want to just consume the church and use the church for my good. I want to be for the church. Wake me up. Wake me up and show me what church really is. I don't want to be blind anymore. I want to see. See, that's why we love Amazing Grace, right? Because it says, I once was blind, but now I see. See, some people are going to be getting into the, the waters of baptism, and they're stating that to the world. That I once was blind, but now God gave me sight so that I could come out of the waters anew, and then I could really see for the first time. And that's happened in my life. Oh my gosh, 
When I really went all in with Jesus and I wasn't just playing the game of church and saying I believed in Jesus just so I could get out of hell free. And I began to really live out the gospel and I began to let it sink into every fiber of my being and try to, you know, and not perfectly, but try to present it in every relationship and every day of my life. Then I realized I, I, and when I was in college just how blind I really was and I gave my life to God over again and he woke me up and now I was really able to see from that day on. And it will be the same with you. He wants to awaken people to fresh life in uh, in him. And then he says, the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. Ooh, I love that. He lifts up those that are bowed down. Now that doesn't make sense, right? How can you lift me up when I'm bowed down? Because when you're on your knees, it's really hard to fall from that position. See, that's why we sing, touch the sky this morning. Because when I come to God in a position of humility, that's when he actually begins to lift us up so that we can touch the sky. And so we've got to pray that we would take that posture that he lifts up those who are bowed down. Do you live your life from a place of exaltation or do you live your life bowed down bringing exaltation to the one that really deserves the exaltation which is him, not you. Because if you live from that position God will lift you up and the world will see that. See, some of you are wanting an elevated status in your life. You're wanting that promotion at work. You're wanting people to see you. But guess what? You keep trying to show everybody, oh, look at me. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Is anybody going to see me and lift me up? And you actually just need to go, no, 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 no. It's not about me. I'm going to live from my knees. I'm going to live bowed down and then watch God lift me up. And, And then watch people around you go, that person. I want that person for the promotion. I want to marry that person. I want to be in relationship with that person. I want to have a friendship with that person. Why? Because you're already living in the posture of humility. Man. Then he says the Lord loves the righteous. I love this. He loves the righteous. And this is where Jesus comes in. Did you know that Jesus is written in the Psalms? Uh, I, I don't know how many times. People are like, where's Jesus in that? Because Jesus is the righteous. Woo. Come on. Who is the righteous? It is not you. It is not me. So he can't be talking about me right now because I'm not righteous. Bible says, left on our own, no one is righteous. No one seeks God because I'm not righteous and neither are you. And so the psalmist is saying, if you want, God loves the righteous. And he's talking about Jesus, the righteous king of glory. It is Jesus' love that makes us righteous. And so when you come to God and you go, I am not righteous on my own. I cannot do anything separated from you. I will have no righteousness of my own. And you come to him and you say, God, make me righteous. 
Your righteousness covers my life. Your righteousness covers my heart. Your righteousness covers my last mistake. Your righteousness covers my activity from last night. Your righteousness covers everything in my life. Your righteousness covers that time I had a little bit too much alcohol. Your righteousness covered that time I went a little too far in that relationship. Your righteousness covers the fact that I cheated a little bit yesterday. Your righteousness is the one that covers me. I'm going to live from that righteousness. And when you live from his righteousness, then you live in his love because God loves the righteousness of Jesus. He is attracted to the righteousness of Jesus. And then you live in his love and you experience the love that he has for the righteous. And then he says, the Lord watches over the foreigner. Oh, man. He watches over. I circled that. He watches over. There's nothing like, a, as a dad, sometimes I like to just go in my kids' rooms. And I like to just watch them sleep. And some people are like, man, that's creepy. <laughs> no. I like to watch them sleep because it's just so amazing, the lives that are in that room. And it's in those moments when I'm watching over my children that I'm saying things over my children. That I'm declaring things over my children. When we go to the playground, I will let them have their freedom, but I'm also watching over them as they play. It's the same thing with God. He gives us this freedom, but then he watches over our lives. And I need somebody to watch over me. To protect me. He is your protection. When you feel like everyone else has left you. When you feel like there's nobody calling you. When you feel like there's nobody uh, posting about you on Instagram. You need to know that there is a God that watches over your life. Just like he watches over the foreigner. He watches over you. And then he says he watches over the foreigner. And sustains the fatherless and the widow. He sustains just like he sustains the fatherless and the widow, he is sustainer over all. I love that. When you don't feel like that you can go any farther, you go to God and you go, my help, my strength, my hope comes from the Lord. You are sustainer, God. Sustain my life right now in this moment. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Come on. Right now, there's a whole lot of things going on in this world that frustrate me. As a follower of Jesus. You turn on the news and you see a lot of things that frustrate you as a follower of Jesus, or it should. And you go, how is wicked winning, God? Isn't that a cry when you're reading through the Psalms? Hey, let me give you a little encouragement. God will frustrate the ways of the wicked. God is frustrating the ways of the wicked right now in this moment. You know why? Because some of you are right here at church. And you're getting this word spoken into your life. And you're leaning in, and then you're going to go out, and then you're going to start living this word that was spoken over your life. Some of you had no idea today that maybe you're going to get baptized. 
And then the wicked ways of the enemy are going to be frustrated automatically. And because new life is going to be born when somebody gives their life to Jesus. And then it frustrates the ways of the wicked. Because there's another person that's going to stand up for those that can't speak for themselves. There's another person that is going to go into any wicked situation in humanity and go, but there's more. There's a God of love. There's a God that makes. There's a God that sustains. There's a God that watches. There is a God that reigns. The psalmist ends it. With the Lord reigns. He reigns. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, He reigns. Your God, Fresh Church, He reigns. Your God, Nashville, Tennessee, He reigns. Your God, America, He reigns. And this is why we put our hope in you. This is why we find all of our help from you, because He reigns. Where else, Fresh Church, are you going to find anyone else who is maker? Where else are you going to find anyone who will remain faithful to you? Who else are you going to find that gives? Who else are you going to find that is setting things into motion in your life that you never thought they could set up? Plans and dreams that you can't even imagine, the Bible says. Who else is going to give and give again to you and give and give and give again to you and wake you up into real sight for the first time? Who else is lifting you up? Who else is loving? Who else is watching over you? Who else is sustaining? Who else is frustrating the wicked? And who else is reigning over your life? There's only one, and his name is God. So can I encourage you today? To place all of your hope in God. To get all of your help from Him. Because He reigns. God, you are the God that reigns. You are the God that makes. You're the God that sustains. You're the God that remains. You're the God that loves. You're the God that gives. And we put all our help. And all of our hope in you. Because you reign. You reign. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church.